All right, so we're starting today out with overrated, underrated, or client shout out. Since we just do whatever we want based on last episode, what do you want to do today? <laughs> Let's do overrated, underrated first. Sounds great. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go? You first? go first today. All right. So the one that we talked about earlier is not going to be mine this week. I'm going to save that one. This week I had one already. It's pumpkin flavored anything <laughs> overrated. I think pumpkin flavored anything is highly overrated people and everybody's way too obsessed with it right now that is my overrated today i will agree with you in most scenarios outside of tammy pincharoli's pumpkin chocolate chip cookies that are out in the fridge right now those are phenomenal so those might be the underrated the only underrated pumpkin flavored thing and i will admit this too i went to gabriel's fountain on my way home the other day when i was walking and I saw that they posted on Instagram a pumpkin ice cream sandwich. So I stopped in and I justified it to myself by saying that uh, Brie would love it. Big big pumpkin fan. Somewhat predictable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> grabbed, the, grabbed, the, uh, grabbed the pumpkin ice cream sandwich and had some of that. It was really good. It was really good. It was like an oatmeal cookie with pumpkin ice cream and dipped in vanilla. All right. Well, you lost me a pumpkin, so it sounds yep. terrible. Yep. But outside of that, the average pumpkin stuff, pumpkin beer, pumpkin oh, spice yeah. lattes. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin beer, never for me. Never. Yeah. So I I'm, I agree for the most part. My underrated fidget spinners. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah, we've had a temporary obsession over the last couple of weeks. If you guys haven't noticed, we have video on these now, and James is spinning a fidget <laughs> under the desk. He's been doing that the last four episodes. If you just go back and watch them, you might see. Yeah, so we had our end-of-quarter trainers meeting, which you weren't in, John, but it was literally six straight hours of fidget spinning for me. I couldn't stop doing it, and I really wasn't even aware of it uh, until Dave told me that he listened to the audio of it, and he could hear <laughs> me fidget spinning for six, straight, for six straight hours. There's a constant high-pitched hum that slowly lowers, and then yeah. all of a sudden goes high again. <laughs> like, yeah. What is this and helicopter <laughs> around the building here? Oh, no, it's James' fidget spinner. And the real reason I think it is incredibly underrated to this point is like I'm an avid nail biter and I feel like this replaces my natural instinct to bite my nails a little bit. So I'm trying to potentially keep one of these on me at all times as much as possible to maybe break the nail biting habit at some point in time. <laughs> well, I'm, I've never been one to do uh, too much fidget spinning, but since you guys are, and since Dave especially is buying three, four, five a day and bringing them over here. <laughs> overrated, and mind you, I am fans of these teams, but overrated are the Jets and Yankees right now. And I'm only mentioning this because I'm sensing a lot of excitement from all of my fellow Jets and Yankees fans. Jets are three and two. They've had a couple wins in a row. The Yankees are in the playoffs and they're in the best of five with Cleveland right now. And I have very low expectations for both teams. A team like the Yankees that have struggled so much in the second half of the year, in all facets of the game, they struggled to hit for a period of time, a very long period of time. The starting pitching was mediocre to bad for a period of time, and the bullpen right now is a disaster. I am very fearful for the Yankees. Of course I hope for the best, the number two seed. There's a decent likelihood, according to Vegas, that they will actually win the World Series, but I am not a huge fan of them right now in terms of the likelihood that they win the World Series. I feel like I can't wait till Brent gives his thoughts on this one. He's got to be like a sports follower, right? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear his opinion. If you guys didn't hear last episode, Brent is one of our members that texts us individually every single week to give his thoughts on the overrated, underrated, whether he agrees with us or not. We should send it to him right after this podcast. Yeah, he should get <laughs> before, exclusive yeah, access. before it comes out. And the Jets 3-2, and two, starting to send some excitement from the Jets fans. Got a couple smiles and nudges. Like, hey, look, look, we're 3-2. and two. We're doing pretty good. We beat Miami by 23 with their third-string quarterback in the game. And then we barely squeaked out a win against Pittsburgh with their backup quarterback in. Shout out to Kenny Pickett, Test Football Academy product. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of them making it to, I would say, even seven wins this year. So outside of the sport, we'll, we'll leave the sports talk there. But just saying, I am a huge Jets and Yankees fan, but I am not incredibly excited about what's going to happen the rest of the year for both of them. I really have nothing to say on the topic. I really don't know. I haven't followed much of any pro sports in a long time, basically since having kids. Because, uh, as you know, pro sports, like for me, I don't know. Think about this. This should be an overrated, underrated. Watching pro sports live on TV versus watching it rerun style. I don't know what it is, but it loses some of the magic when I know it's a rerun. I know it's happened. So if I can't watch it live, which like when you have kids in the schedule, you can't always sit down away from the family doing something that only interests you at the time the game is on. So I've kind of just given up on sports temporarily until my kids get a little older. So I have I have no idea. Actually, it was on in a bar. Uh, we were in a bar not long ago. And the Jets or Giants, I think it was the Giants were playing. I had no idea who these people were. And I was like, I used to know everybody, at least from the Giants, the Jets, the Yankees, these local teams, but I don't know anybody anymore. Well, if you combine our overrated, it would be watching sports in a bar with a pumpkin beer. <laughs> Which so many people like to do. Like, just sounds like the worst experience ever. I feel like a lot of people. Watching I feel like a lot of people right now, like this weekend, will be doing exactly that <laughs> with their pumpkin beer after they had their pumpkin coffee, going home to their pumpkin pie. You better be in the gym the next day, people. <laughs> That's great. All right, member shout out. Who do you have? Oh man, I forgot we had to do these after. I got excited on that. All right, member shout out's going to go a lot faster. Mine goes to Ed Foreman. Mm. Yeah. I feel like Ed goes under the radar a little bit, come in a little bit later in the evenings. So he comes here, um, gives it his all every time. He's always down for a challenge. If I'm able to like push him, he'd like say, Ed, you got this last time. We should probably pick it up a little bit. You know, if I challenge him like just a little bit, he's always very appreciative of that. And he's always uh, very motivated by challenging himself to do better than last time. And he always has a great attitude when he's here. So Ed Foreman, good 100%. job, man. Great one. Great one. My member shout out goes to Randy Ross. Yeah. And it's one thing to come in and work hard, always show up on time. But it's another thing when you are fighting the good fight of getting your husband in here more consistently. Even with his busy schedule and his resistance to get in here sometimes. So credit to Randy of one, always getting here. Two, even when she fails, still not being discouraged and trying hard to get her husband here as much as possible. And when her kids are home from school, she makes them come to the gym with her too. So shout out to Randy for not just holding it down for herself, but holding the whole family down from an exercise <laughs> standpoint. Great job, Randy. Good job, Randy. Also, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but we're potentially going to – I won't say it specifically. We're potentially looking at an upgrade to the gym that you guys will be very happy with. And Randy helped me out, connected me with a company that's much more local to get us a much better deal when she saw me upstairs trying, mm. to, trying to map things out. So I'll leave it at that. I didn't even know that. Thank you, Randy. a little bit. Yeah, Thank you, huge, huge to Randy because I would not have got as good of a deal if it wasn't for her. Yeah, and if we don't get a deal, then we can't afford $200 fidget spinner. So. <laughs> 
and the business goes south when we can't afford exactly. spitters. All right, so what are we talking about today? You had gotten, you got a text message recently, and you got an email somewhat recently, and they kind of tie together, right? So you want to read the text message first, or you want to introduce our topic first? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to read the text, and I think this is a really good one. And there's, there are kind of topics that we've discussed in the past before. However, it's with uh, the addition of taking age into consideration. Which is interesting because it's something we don't really do as trainers and programmers, but it's something that a lot, everyone else that comes in, they take this into consideration and they feel like they should be given uh, some, some type of program that matches their age uh, as opposed to their capability levels exclusively. Now, before you go on, I guess I think that brings up a question. Why don't we, you, uh, to quote you, right? Like we don't pay attention to this. It's not that we don't know about it. But why don't we take it into as much consideration as maybe people think we should? Is that where you were going with that? Yeah, exactly. Maybe answer that real quick, or do you need to read the text message first no, to answer that? No, that's no. We'll start there. I think I think essentially when we do the assessment, the whole the whole goal of that is to see what your capability level is and what you can handle and what you can tolerate, and then take you through a resistance training exercise that we think you can handle, and then progress you from there. So with that being said. Your age is literally meaningless, whether you're 20 to 30 years old and of very, very high capability levels, or if you're 50, 60, 70, and you've never resistance trained before in your life. Our whole goal of the assessment is to see where are you at right now and what's the best starting place to have you then start to take steps in the right direction. Gotcha. So I think to clear that up too, that's a great answer. But to further clarify, let's say somebody who's 50 years old and has, let's say 60 years old, been working out for 40 years, but they're 60. But then somebody comes in that's 20, never worked out a day in their life. Um, the age might not matter as much on paper as what we see them do. And the 60-year-old person may be way more capable than the 20-year-old person. However, if you just saw their ages on paper and had to guess who's more capable, generally people would say, well, the 60-year-old probably is less capable than the 20-year-old. But we know uh, just on training age alone, and there's other factors that go into that, that that 60-year-old is probably highly advanced and ready for some more exercise. They've been exercising for 40 years. Yeah, 100%. And the, the benefit that we've had recently as a business is that we've had a couple of 80-year-olds start with us That's in right. the last six months. Yeah. So. In the past, my answer has been what I just said, of your age doesn't matter. We're going to see what you could do, and we're going to program you appropriately based on your capability levels, not your age. But now that I could fall back on the fact that we have a couple 80-year-olds, now when we speak to 70 or 60-year-olds, they kind of take a breath of fresh air every time I say, we have a couple of people in their 80s. Mind you, the, the oldest person that we have in the gym, I mean, if we're going to take age into consideration and try to give him a fitness age he's like 50 yeah yeah he, his workouts are harder than some 50 year olds that we have here so again i think that's that's way more important but maybe more difficult to comprehend from a member who thinks oh i am this age so i can't do things of someone this age or someone even younger who comes in and says oh, well, there's other people that are significantly older than me, so maybe I need something that is much more challenging. But then they get faced with the program that matches their current uh, ability level and makes life more challenging every single time they step in. 
And then they start to realize that the age and even the ability level to a certain degree don't matter at all because we will progress you from that starting point. Cool. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. All right, so that, that being said, let's get into this text message that you got from well, from a member that we'll say is going to be anonymous. Yeah, so I received a text on Friday morning of last week. So the text goes, I listen to your podcast. I have an idea for a topic. Or maybe more important that we call it a message for people that are age 50 plus and the importance of resistance training for longevity and how empowering it is, especially for women my age, especially when they are totally intimidated by the idea of weights because they've only done traditional cardio and they're focused on losing weight and they think that's the only way to do it. I guess it depends on who your your audience is and whether the message would resonate with some of the people that you're speaking with. Uh, But as a woman of a certain age, I feel like coming to Pratt has changed me physically and mentally. I can't imagine giving it up because it offers something that I've never had before as far as mental and physical impact. Just a thought. That's huge. How nice is it to get a text message like that on a Friday morning? Yeah, that's great. Um, And I think... You're like, yeah, that's great, but like... (laughs) It's it's great. And I guess the, the most special part of that was... The factor that is being brought up in this text message is probably not even something that we discuss enough. Right, right. And I think we're aware as trainers of a lot of the benefits and we're always telling people of those benefits from a physical standpoint. But very seldomly do we tell someone who's trying to start exercising at a certain age, hey, you're going to come here and work out so you feel empowered. Like we've used the word confidence, but the thought that I'm getting now and examples I've been given from members over time is that because I've been working out, I was then able to do this and that was empowering. And then I, I thought, wow, that's, that's such a great thing to mention that we seldomly do is how great people feel about themselves from a strength standpoint at a certain age and doing something that they never thought they would. And I think that's super powerful. I mean, it goes <clears throat> right back to uh, another gentleman that we're, that we'll, we'll leave anonymous as well. Um, but he sent a message to, I forget if it was you or, or Sydney or somebody, and said like, hey, thank you so much for the program, everything you've done lately. Uh, I was able to play golf for seven days. I think it was seven days in a row, yep. five days yep. in a row. It was something that was a lot for him at his age to walk that many miles alone playing golf in the weather. And uh, I mean, to me, that's super empowering too. He knows that because of the workouts he's doing and the work he's putting in here and the program we've created for him to work around his injuries and uh, keep him strong and healthy. Now he's empowered that he knows he can go out for five days straight of something he loves to do. And he's able to do that still. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think everyone knows the importance of cardiovascular health. And I think doctors stress this a lot uh, to any of their patients, especially at a certain age hey, let's walk more, let's do some more cardio, it's good for your heart. But are we are we super aware of how important it is to resistance train as we age to try to stay strong and at minimum keep on as much muscle as humanly possible as we get older? At your age, what do you think, John? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he wouldn't highlight this. <laughs> um. No, I mean it's I think I think people are more now realizing how important that is. Like you said, I think everybody's known for a while now the cardiovascular benefits, 
But I think now it's become a little more mainstream recently. Um, I know even myself in having one-on-one assessments with people, uh, free sessions, heading into potential personal training, people were starting to say things like, I know it's important to keep my muscle mass up as I age. So I think that message has started to get out a little more already. But I think it's important to just do what we're doing now is highlight it and and the reasons why. Um, So now you had another message. Do you want to get into that yet? No, let's okay, hold that. Let's hold, hold off one. on that for a couple minutes because I think there's like some one of the things that we'll say later will probably lead to that really well. But the comment that we'll hear all the time, which I'd, I'd like to get your experiences on either on the floor here or in personal training in the past, is that when we start talking about strength training and trying to keep muscle or build muscle in the gym, how often are we getting the comment of, but I don't want to look like a bodybuilder? And then what are, what are our strategies to overcome the fact that you're not going to look like a bodybuilder and this is so important and the reason we're doing it isn't necessarily to look anything like a bodybuilder. It's just not to reduce muscle mass. Yeah. I mean, that comment comes up all the time. We have a whole other podcast on like how not to look bulky basically as a woman lifting. And we had Sydney on there explaining kind of like from a female's perspective uh, and her talking to females about this, like the, the worries that go into that. Um, how we how we communicate that to people, I guess it's a lot of trust and trial. And like just thinking of Perrine's podcast that we had recently, she hasn't changed her body weight or negligible, right? She said only recently she did lose a few extra pounds, but that wasn't even her goal at first. Her goal was to maintain her weight and what we would call it as recomposition, which basically means losing fat and gaining muscle. Mm. So most people... What they actually want, depending on how they say it, is actually to lose fat while getting some muscle. And most people, if they manage to just lose fat and they're not strong and they're not, well, we'll say appropriately strong for their gender, their age, their size, um, I don't think they're incredibly happy with the end result there. And I don't think they're incredibly empowered either with the way they feel. Uh, Now, sometimes it just requires some trust and a couple weeks, if not maybe a few months of training to start feeling those type of benefits. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It almost makes you wonder if there's a, from a marketing standpoint, if you said, come to our gym to not lose muscle, if that would get people more interested than saying, come to our gym to gain muscle. Yeah, right. Because when people see gain muscle, like, oh, no, 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 no bodybuilder for me. But if we just say don't lose muscle, because if you're not resistance training, that is inevitably what's happening. But if we say don't come to our gym to resistance train to not lose muscle, I wonder if people would be more inclined to act on that. Call a billboard company right now in 27. <laughs> <laughs> Just try it out. We're going to do a that test. That $200 fidget spinner budget, go on. <laughs> We're going to put one on one side of the billboard. It's going to say gain muscle. On the other, it's going to say don't lose muscle. Yeah, south facing, yeah. <laughs> north facing, see which one has more calls. Uh, excuse me, which sign did you see? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but But – and, and now the catch-22 of the amount of people that would admit that they don't want to lose muscle as they age, but don't resistance train because they don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. That's, that really is a catch-22. Oh, I thought you had something to say. You, you looked no. like you were ready to go on it. Okay, so. No. <laughs> um, I totally agree. So, I mean, basically, <laughs> at, at face value, just really quick, um, you, statistically, you're going to lose muscle as you age. And you, you can choose not to be a statistic as well. It's going to get harder to gain muscle as you age, statistically again, but also like that's based on people a lot of times who don't even work out. 
So if you're working out, you're already trying to beat the statistic. You're already going to be beating the statistic of people that are losing muscle mass as they age. We already know it's important. And it's really tough. How would you counter the argument? Because I've brought up multiple times, you know, how hard it is for bodybuilders to look the way they do. Now, we're not even talking about bodybuilders that take performance-enhancing drugs because a lot of them do who are at a high level. Mm. I'm not saying all of them do. I'm saying a lot of them are known to do and have admitted to doing that. So, one, a lot of times the bodybuilders that people are thinking of are on supplements that are probably illegal and also going to make you produce levels of testosterone, human growth hormone, stuff like that that are not natural that allow them to get as big as they are. Even if that's not the case, the amount of work that goes into to gaining muscle and the amount of calories and macronutrient dialing in that goes into that is quite a bit. So I've never found a good way to explain to people how hard it actually is to gain muscle. And I haven't found that conversation to be incredibly helpful either um, to people who think that they gain muscle pretty easily and they're going to be pretty huge pretty soon. Yeah. Now, I'm mostly talking about the females who have come in that said they want to maintain their muscle or, you know, grow some muscle as they age, but they don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> a couple things. So one, the bodybuilders that they've been visually exposed to are probably the ones that are on what you just mentioned. Usually they so, are. So I looked at a magazine, I saw this guy and I don't want to look like that. So I can't lift weights. And that guy was lifting weights. That's how he got to that point, And I don't want to look like that. So like the, the bodybuilders that I think most members reference early on in their tenure here, that's what they're referencing. Two, I equally do not have a great answer, but all I can do is speak to my experience to them of saying, one, if at any point in time in your training here that you feel like your muscles are getting too big, let me know and we will completely change your program. Two, I've offered that up to hundreds of women and I've never gotten that request from anybody three i've been trying to get too big for 21 years in the weight room and i am yet to get there and i i work out a lot and i lift weights a lot and i eat a lot of protein and i don't i don't i definitely wouldn't say i qualify as someone who's too big at 193 pounds so with those three things being taken into consideration do you trust us enough to at least try this because we think it is optimal for you. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good card to play too, from your own experience, right? Just speaking from your own experience. Now, the day you do look like a bodybuilder, you can't use that anymore. <laughs> so you better be careful. Yeah. Once you hit your goals, you're like, ah, I can't say that anymore. Yep. <laughs> look at me. Which is about next week, if my calculations are correct. <laughs> uh, and and then to go into to go back into some of the um, the psychological benefits of being able to accomplish things that you did not think you could, which is what the person in the text message mentioned, which brought me back to an email I received just a couple days before. And this is another member who, I guess for lack of a better term, will say, I'll say this, performing in the gym is great. Lifting more weights, putting more weight on a bar, there's a specific skill that you're learning as you're doing these things that are helping you get stronger. And then as you're lifting more weights on a bar or a kettlebell or dumbbells, there's a skill acquisition component to that that's also allowing you to lift more weights. So it's not necessarily exclusively strength gains that are all encompassing across all activities every time you do it. There's a little bit of skill acquisition that makes you lift weights better because you're doing that specifically. I hope that makes sense. 
And now when we get messages from people that talk about something that they're doing in everyday life and they're seeing the performance improvements of those things, that's what I think is really cool. So if we get if we get a message from somebody that I'm just going to skim through this. I love to hike and we've gone hiking in the past, but I noticed a lot more endurance than before. The pinnacle of the trip was we went rock climbing for the first time ever. It was my idea. Uh, my husband agreed. I'm trying to, I'm trying you're to, trying to leave sure. out, <laughs> yeah, trying to leave out the personal details. I see. Um, I just, I learned how to ride a bike just a few years ago. I don't even know how to swim, but the past year of training with, uh, with Pratt and test has given me so much more than gym. I'm a new person. I embrace adventure. I'm more confident in trying new things. I share this with you. I share this. I share this with you while I'm huffing and puffing or talking about how I don't see body change. Oh yeah. So this is someone who is, is somewhat hard on themselves anytime that they're struggling in the gym. So they kind of mentioned here that, you know, anytime that they do struggle, they kind of get down on themselves and we've had to hear about it as trainers many times. But this day was kind of the moment where this member noticed that all of their hard work has been tremendously helpful in having them accomplish some things that they haven't done before, which I think was really cool. And then the examples of the duration of hiking, the speed at which they were hiking, and rock climbing and doing stuff like that, uh, I think is really cool. So now this member can go on a trip, they have the confidence to at least try to do something that they've never done before, and then they succeeded in doing it. So I think that is also incredibly empowering. And uh, I'm not sure about the age of the member, uh, and I'm not even going to guess. But all I'll say is this is someone who has worked out a decent amount in the past here and there, I think uh, in spurts, um, but has really prioritized strength training over the past 12 to 18 months or so. And uh, it's, it's really cool to get messages like this to, one, see the impact that we have had on some of these members, uh, but to also help us have the confidence to spread the message of what we're doing to hopefully allow more people to do it. Yeah, that was an awesome message that we got. And it's one of those that like you're able to read at a staff meeting, make everybody feel really good, remind everybody why we're doing this, because normally in those staff meetings, we bring up all the problems, all the things we messed up, right? We train a ton of people per day. And there's a ton of opportunities for us to make mistakes. And it's really easy for us to get caught up in these mistakes, which may be big or small, depending how you measure them. Uh, but then getting a message like this is like, all right, brings us all back together. This is why we're here. This is why we exist. Um, and it's really cool because, like you said, confidence and quality of life. Mm. And that light bulb moment when like, okay, like this person has been hard on themselves about the body composition goals or struggling to dial things in. Like we get it. We see you working. But then, like, all of a sudden, like, okay, there's a lot more going on here than just the way I look. And I've known a lot of people that have had that um, epiphany. And not saying they should give up on, you know, other goals, like, for instance, the way you look. If that's something you want, you should keep chasing that. Uh, but ha being able to go out and do something you've never done, rock climb, go on, like, a hike, and, like, feel empowered to do more of that, that's awesome. And, like, that's something that I want when I age 
and go older, as old as I am now. I saw, I saw you coming <laughs> with the joke. I just figured I'd get it. Nice. As old as I am now, as I get even older, <laughs> I'm hoping to keep doing backflips into, into rivers and things that I do. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, seriously, be empowered to know that, like, as my kids get older, too, I can go out and do these things. 100%. And it's not something I have to worry about. Like, I've seen people... We go up and visit um, my wife's grandparents in upstate New York, and you see these people that are struggling on this very easy hiking trail. And I'm like, this is nothing for me. Like, it, these people clearly don't work out, and, like, this is a lot for them. Like, can you imagine, like, being in that situation? I don't know. That would not feel empowering, basically. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to get at. That I would not feel yep. very empowered if I went on what was a pretty easy hike, and I'm, like, really struggling to get through that hike. Yep, 100%. And I think some of the people that come in for first day – when they come in for that assessment, many people out of nowhere get very tired, nauseous, oh, yeah. dizzy, yeah. Uh, pale, lightheaded. And every time that happens, it, it's, it is completely not a sales pitch. When that happens, I know right now, like this is a part, like we could change your life. We can make the biggest net difference in your life. The fact that we couldn't do the first 20% of the assessment because you are so deconditioned right now, that means we can completely change your life if you just stick to this for a couple of weeks. Because two to three weeks from now, we're going to look back at this exact moment and we're going to laugh. I promise you. And it happens every single time. Yeah. It's, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody. When I first was training, I, I was nervous of people getting to this point. I remember the first time I had somebody that out of nowhere blindsided me with the nausea, the paleness just came like that. And I was like, I felt so bad because this person was sitting now sick in the hallway. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I blew that one. They're never coming back, right? <laughs> but um, And not that I ever took it to, like, want to get there with people. But I, I realized that when people got to that point over what they knew should have been a pretty easy day. Like, going into it, it was, like, preface that this is pretty easy. It's not that bad. I'm just feeling things out with you. And then they get hit like that. They're like, whoa, like wake up call. Yep. Like the, the amount of people that were kind of doing their own thing and not getting results and, you know, start talking to them and like, hey, let's, let's do a free session. I'll just bring you through some easy stuff. And like the easy stuff that was legitimately should have been easy is like so much harder than what they had been doing. And they're like shocked. They're like, oh, all right, I'm signing up today because yep. I did not know that I was in this bad of shape. Yep. 100%. Like a, a forced crossroad, which generally speaking, the rules of your first encounter is do no harm, make everyone feel comfortable, make everyone feel confident. But there have definitely been instances where someone who gets to that point of nausea, when we just start the workout, that it's a forced crossroad of saying like, okay, I'm either in or I'm out. Yeah. And I only really def definitively know that because I myself did an assessment with a trainer when I was 18. And I remember I wasn't working out for a week or two. And we just did a couple of sprint tests and I almost passed out. And then I remember looking at him and I told him like, hey, I'm like, we're going to go really hard this summer because I cannot be in this type of shape when I go play college football. <laughs> was that back in those days with the blonde hair and everything? Or was that past that point? <laughs> that was beyond. Yeah, that was past the blonde hair. So you weren't even eating as much McDonald's yeah. either. I, yeah, I, was, yeah. on that. I, I stopped my rapping career, too, at that point in time. <laughs> that that was your true crossroads. <laughs> I need to focus on Am I going to quit and go rap or am I going to get these sprints under control? <laughs> All right. 32, 32 minutes. Not bad. That's pretty long for us. All right. That's pretty it. Pretty short for us, actually. All right. That's it. Peace, Peace. out. Peace.